Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is Jade on Hambly Spoken Podcast. <laughs> Bye. Kinsley Holland. <laughs> Goodbye. Welcome back to Humbly Spoken Podcast. This is Kinsley Holland, and I am really excited about the episode today because I have a guest speaker, a good friend of mine named Jade Goodwin, talking with me today. So today we're going to be talking about practical ways to process grief, and today is going to be a little bit more focused on the health side of grieving um, when we're talking about like loss and death and diagnosis. So today my guest speaker is Jade Goodwin. Jade and I have been friends for three years, right? Three years? Yeah. Yeah, three years almost. (laughs) And we met working at a church job. So Jade is someone that loves the Lord a lot and she loves people really, really well. And she has been a very faithful friend to me (laughs) these past several years. So I'm really excited that she's joining me today. So Jade has a church job and she volunteers with ninth grade girls at a youth ministry event every Wednesday night. And she is a great person to speak on the subject of grief and I'm really excited to have her. Yeah, Jade, do you wanna say a little bit about yourself to introduce yourself? <laughs> um, I don't know, I was, I've lived in Chattanooga my whole life. Um, Graduated in 2018 with an associate's from the local community college. Uh, but that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. All right. Okay, so today we're going to talk about practical ways to process grief and I just have a couple questions that Jade and I are going to talk back and forth about and just have a really open conversation and I am really excited so I'll go ahead and get started with the first question so Jade when you're experiencing lots of grief how do you react um well I don't like (laughs) I would say I don't like conflict but grief isn't conflict um but if you know me, conflict makes me cry. So in the same way, <laughs> grief, it just kind of, kind of like close in. You kind of close in a little bit. You don't want to deal with it. And then you think about it, you cry the whole time. So it's just kind of like a awkward situation to be in. Yeah. So why do you feel like you experience grief in that way? Um, I don't like being a burden to people. And so mm-hmm. like, I never tell people about it because I'm like well I could be the bubbly person for everyone else but I don't want them to be the bubbly person in my life because then I feel bad that they have to be the bubbly person if I'm going through something like I don't want them to feel like they have to do the right thing or say the right thing and I don't know I really just internalize it and deal with it on my own than to let other people in yeah I understand that I'm very much like an extroverted wannabe Um, there for everybody and I want to be a counselor in the future so I feel like I take on everybody else's burdens and I feel like when I'm struggling with something I just kind of suppress it a lot because I don't want to put that burden on other people Um, and I've definitely learned healthier ways to deal with that I guess Um, but we'll get to that later so um, where do you think this comes from this feeling that you don't want to be a burden Um, to people and maybe how have you moved out of that a little bit and learned to share your grief with people um 
I only, I only share my grief with like three people. <laughs> um, so we're still trying to find out ways to do that and healthier, broader ways of doing it. Um, but I don't know. I've always just been, I don't know. I've always just been like, I only want people, to, oh, that sounds really sad. I only want people to see like a certain part of me but I'm, I've never wanted people to see like the nitty gritty part of me of like I don't want you in that part of my life like I can have you in this positive event or that little like that little turn in the vote but if it gets like to the nitty gritty I don't want people to I just never want people to deal with that but then like if you know me I'm all in like I'm like you're going through that we're gonna do it we're gonna take care of it I am diving completely in with that with you but I don't know it just I don't know I just never like to give that to people yeah grief is a really hard thing um for me to think about and process and um that totally makes sense so uh now i want to talk about a time where the both of us have felt immense grief so is there a time um in your life where you feel like you have just been overwhelmed with grief and maybe even like i mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, maybe even in the respect to like health um, whether it's been you or a friend or a family member um, what's it like to feel that grief when it comes to health um so the only thing that I think of was in 2018 my dad got really sick um had pneumonia had septis he was in the hospital for a month he was in the hospital on my birthday that's a long story in itself um but it was just it was the thought of is he gonna make it is he not and how do you how do you process that? Um, and so I remember the night he went in, I literally had a conversation while sitting in a little spinny chair in my den of just talking to God. And I came to this point of, I was like, whether you take them or I get to keep them, I'm going to love and trust you anyways. And it was kind of a kind of a weird place to be because at that point, I'm like, okay, God, if he if something went horrible tomorrow, I'm still going to choose to to love you. I'm still going to choose to worship you and to praise you even in spite of. Um, and so I did that for a whole month. Um, I, I don't, I don't cry at altars. Like that's not my go-to thing. But for three weeks, I went to the altar all three weeks in a row and sat there and just cried out to God. And for, like, it was the most peaceful thing I could have. And I've, I've told people after that, I said, I only tend to reach this level of peace when grief is in the midst. Because I think that's the only time I am truly going all in for God. And it's not just, I'm giving you a little bit here. I'm giving you 25% here, 75% there. But it's like the full 100% going in. Um, and so the way I dealt with that was I just constantly, constantly prayed to God and cried out to God and just play worship music like nobody's business um so yeah that's how we did that yeah thanks for sharing all that
Okay, so if y'all have your Bibles, I'm just going to turn to Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, and read those. And I have the ESV version. So Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Jade, do you feel like... There was this peace that surpassed all understanding. You were talking about just feeling this like immense peace that had come over you when you were like, okay, God, like whatever happens, I trust you. And um, what did that feel like? Maybe for people who have never experienced that kind of peace before, like what was it like to fully like surrender um, your dad? So uh, I don't know if this is even going to convey it properly, but the immense peace kind of just feels like a, a comforting hug from your grandma (laughs) like just a a place of safety a place of security a place of the worry is there but you're not worried about it it's the Mm -hmm. it's like you're standing out in the middle of a thunderstorm and then someone like like you're going to your grandma's house and you stand outside the storm and your grandma opens the door and gives you a warm hug and she's telling you she has cookies baking in the oven like (laughs) it's just an undescribable amount of comfort and security and saying okay it's gonna be okay like no matter what it is it's gonna be okay um so yeah, I don't know if that described it well. But yeah, that was my, I liked that description. That's my, that's my thought process. I'll always think about the peace of God being my grandmother <laughs> cooking cookies and giving me a hug. I like that. Um, yeah. So to kind of go into my story a little bit, I have gone through several periods of my life where several friends of mine have said, "You just feel like a real life Job," and I'm like, "Okay, like the Job of the Bible, who's." going through lots of suffering, but a little shameless plug, there will be a whole series on the book of Job coming out at some point in the future on this podcast. So keep listening, but a little plug, <laughs> uh, a little plug. but there have been a couple times in my time just through and throughout college where I have felt a lot of grief. And I believe I've mentioned these things before in my last podcast on grief. But for example, my grandfather passed away in April of last year and we were really, really close. And if you know me, um, you know that I have poppies tattooed on my arm because we taught or we called him poppy and I just carry poppy with me everywhere I go now. But I was just devastated by that. And it felt like in the time of COVID happening, um, there was just so much isolation and that felt like grief to me because I had all these summer plans. I was going to move away and take a job as a director at a church camp, um, halfway across the country. And I had just felt God's hand so much in my life. And then I felt like COVID happened and all of that kind of just came to a halt. But one thing I want to talk about specifically today when it comes to health and grieving is something that I've experienced in recent months. And I know there are a lot of women who understand this, (laughs) what I'm about to say, but I recently got diagnosed with um, something called polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's essentially just 
a condition that makes it really hard for your body to process lots of things that it normally should. Um, and I remember leaving my doctor's appointment and just the word infertility just kept coming up. And again, if you know me, I'm 21 years old, I'm single, I'm not married and I work at a preschool and I love kids and I want kids. And I just remember feeling so defeated leaving that doctor's office because I know so many women who wrestle with infertility and I've known so many women who have had miscarriages and just dealt with all of that. And I just remember questioning God, like, why does this have to be what my life looks like? Why couldn't it have been anything else? And I just, yeah, I would just say that that's something that I'm actively working through, but um, I'll talk about it a little bit later, just how like I've seen the Lord even work in that, but um, yeah. All right, Jade, so uh, the next question is, is it possible to grieve over a situation where you have not lost someone to death? Can grief look like more than the death of a loved one? Yeah. So you already know this, but um, when I graduated high school, I had my whole life what I thought was figured out. <laughs> Turns out you never have your life figured out, no matter how <laughs> much you think you do. Um, so the original plan was I wanted to be a computer. I wanted to do computer science slash engineering. I wanted to go to a specific college, get told no to that college. A few months later, I was like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Then I got an acceptance to the college, and I was like, I still don't want to do it anymore. So I went from that to going and spending two and a half years at the local community college trying to become a nurse. And if you know me, then you know that, like, I don't do well in hospital settings, and I'm such a, <laughs> but I'm such, like, I, people tell me that I'm a bubbly, energetic person, and so I wanted to go and put smiles on people's faces in the hospital, and I always have the travel bug, so I wanted to go and travel and do all of those things, so for two and a half years, I was trying to get into the nursing program, um, clearly that did not work out because I work at a church now um but it was only since uh for two years I was telling people oh yeah I'm gonna become a nurse and I'm gonna travel and it's gonna be a beautiful thing and I'm not I the last semester I did not get into the nursing program and I went to my guidance counselor and I said I just want to leave college like how do I graduate and um God, God knew what was happening, so he let me graduate and then blessed me with the job that I have now. Um, but it's in the sense of it wasn't what I thought my life was going to be. I also thought I was going to be married by the age of anywhere between. I, God, know I wasn't picky. I want to be married between <laughs> 21 and 25. Well, guys, I've been 25 since January. That's not, that's, I'm not getting married by December. Let me just go ahead and just clarify that's not happening. Um... And so I think it definitely, and I still live at home with my parents, so I think it definitely just kind of grief, grieving of what you thought could have been. Yeah. Um, so do I get upset over that sometimes? Yes. But then do I realize that God still has a plan? Yes. So it's just kind of uh, what mindset are you in at that moment? Do you let the sad, negative thoughts 
literally like take over your whole day or do you kind of just stop it and be like well you know what god it's not what i wanted but you have been faithful through all of this why would you not be faithful now so yeah yeah so how have you seen like god's grace i guess even when it comes to um your life looking really differently than you thought it was gonna look how have you dealt with that and how have you seen God in that, I guess? Um, so, ironically enough, the place I work at, I was in the college the college group of that church. And um, everyone knew that I was going to be this nurse and it was going to be really awesome. And I told a couple of people in my college group that I just, I just couldn't do it. And so I was... Um, I applied to 20 different jobs. You can go through my email back in 20, 2018 and see all the rejection emails that I got. It's still there. I, for some reason, I haven't deleted them what? yet. I don't know why I haven't deleted them yet. That's a totally different story. Um, but one sweet lady who I work with, uh, now that I work with, texted me while I was, uh, while I was at school. And she was like, hey, are you still looking for a job? And I was like, I am. And she was like, well, hey. Let's, how about, like, they have a new job position, email this lady your resume, and we'll see what happens. The beautiful thing in that was the job position was for the pastor who baptized me. So I recently, well, I can't say recently got saved because it's, I got saved in 2016, so it was a little bit past recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pastor who baptized me in 2016 is now the pastor that I work for now. Um, and I think, I always say that God has a sense of humor, and so I always think it's funny that the person who I first interacted while sobbing for like 30 minutes to is now the person who I work for. Uh, so now he, now he sees me smiling and not sobbing. So we'll count that as a, as a <laughs> solid turnaround. Um, but it was just in the way, it was just in the way God lined everything up. The lady retired. Ironically enough, we're recording this on May 4th. May oh, that's 4th your work anniversary. Is the, this is the, no, so two days is my oh, work anniversary. Okay. Today <laughs> is the day she retired because she told wow. me, she said, may the 4th be with you. Amazing. Um, so she Star retired on, <laughs> she retired on May 4th and I graduated from college on May 6th. So yeah. two days later and then on May 7th, I graduated on a Sunday and then May 7th, I had a full-time job Wow. as a as a 21 year old of this is it um, and then I got to go to Greece for a week through the college ministry and then they still let me keep my job and I came back and mm-hmm. now I've been there for three years um, but it was just in the way of everything lined up so so perfectly and I don't know like it was just it would just be seeing his hand move of yeah. like don't don't stress because he's going to do it anyways. Like he's going to still take, he's going to still take care of you even if it's not in the way you want to be taken care of. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Even if you like, didn't expect it, like it's yeah. his will over your will. Yeah. yeah. I read somewhere yeah. today when it was talking about like the, um, I think it's like the little emails I get in the morning. It was, um, like why worry if God like it's the Bible verse of like, if God gives the birds a place to sleep at night, then why would he not? yeah do that to you and it's just like yeah that's accurate yeah um I totally understand that and relate to that I remember um just my life changing really drastically when I started college I started as a pre-veterinary medicine major (laughs) at Western Kentucky (laughs) University nurses man well well, that yeah same thing (laughs) I guess (laughs) 
Like, we both would have been working with people and medical terminology. And animals. And, uh-huh. Veterinary animals. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I remember um, just towards the end of my freshman year of college, this opportunity came up for me to move to Chattanooga. And... Um, that's a whole story for a whole other time, but that's a whole podcast, a whole podcast episode. Maybe I'll do that one day. Record yes. a whole podcast episode, but I just ended up moving to Chattanooga and I left all my friends. I left everything that was comfortable. I switched my major to philosophy and religion. And, um, I just remember feeling so much grief when I first moved here because I really didn't have any friends for almost six months and I'm a very extroverted person and that was so hard for me. And I just remember thinking like, why would you, why God would you take me away from this place that I so loved and um, I so fit into and it was just a really hard thing for me. And then even later in that semester, my sophomore year, I started battling depression really heavily and it was very bad. (laughs) And, um, I remember thinking through that, like, why God do I have to struggle with this? You know, like only crazy people struggle with depression. Right. And I can tell you, that's not the truth. Um, I've battled depression (laughs) for about three years now. I've been, um, medicated for depression for almost a year. And I can tell you, it's not only crazy people that struggle with depression. So, um, yeah, I feel like I've grieved a lot of what I thought my life was going to look like. And maybe my other college single girls will relate, but I had this picture in my head that I would meet the love of my life in college and get married in college and have a family right after college. And I did not date anybody (laughs) through college. And I was just thinking about this recently. I graduated last Saturday and I was just thinking about how I've seen God carry me through that, through like these unmet expectations. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. These unmet expectations that I had for myself that I've had to remind myself that God has never had those unmet expectations for me. Like he's never been surprised by something that happens in my life. He's never been disappointed by something that's happened in my life. And that has been something that I feel like I've grown in a lot that I don't have to impress anyone with anything that I do. And I've learned a lot about how this life is a moment by moment thing. You make decisions day by day and they might not ever look like what you thought. But, um, just as you were saying, Jade, like you can just see God's hand carry you through those things. And I'm sure you're such a different person than when you first started college. I'm a very different person than when I first started college. And I don't think that that would have been my reality had my life looked like I had wanted it to look. Yeah. Okay, Jade, so my final question is, what has been the most helpful way for you to process your grief, and how did you come to that? Um, I would say just God. Um, I would love to say community, uh, but when my dad was in the hospital, I only told two people, and the two people I told... I don't even hang out with that often. Yeah, I remember we were friends back then and I didn't even know about it. <laughs> I didn't. Everyone who I was close with, I did not tell. Mm-hmm. But I only told two different people. Like, I mean, I still talk to them, but we don't hang out. Like, I see one, well, I see both and maybe once a year. So it's a very different type of yeah. friendship. Uh, but I just told them to. So I can't say 
that I went to the community side of things because I didn't. Like, I just didn't want to be that burden. And so I was like, I will tell these two people who are so far removed that they'll be like, okay, yeah, we'll pray, but it's not going to be something that keeps them up at night. Like, it's not going to be a, well, let me just check in and see how it's doing. It's like, well, you told me, I'll pray for you, and, you know, I'll, just, I'll talk to you in a few months type of thing. Right. Um, and so the only answer I really have is just God and my family. Um, because obviously my family knew because we all, you know, we went through that as a unit. Um, so it would have just been, it would have just been God and my family. Yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, I think the most helpful ways to process my grief, um, I have three. <laughs> One of them is counseling. Yes. And um, I've been in counseling for about three years now. And I think everyone should see a counselor and maybe that offends some of you, but if it offends you, it probably means that you need to go to counseling. But anyways, <laughs> that's an accurate um, and I would also say again, going back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, just if you've ever struggled with depression, you'll realize it's really difficult to process your grief when you're depressed. And so I think that finding the tools that help you to be pulled out of that is really where you're going to start processing your grief. So for me, that was counseling. And for me, that's now um, taking antidepressants every day before I go to bed. And that has just given me not even a leg up. It has just given me the ability to like be at the normal level that everyone else functions at. And that has been really helpful. But I would also say the third thing is just uh, my family and then my close group of friends. And I remember learning so much about this through college and even still today that when I first started college I felt like I had to tell everyone everything that I was going through and as Jade was saying that's kind of hard like even on an opposite end of the spectrum where she didn't tell a lot of people for me it was like okay who have I told like I have to kind of update them and you know I might not actually talk to these people but I'm still telling them these really deep parts about myself that they might necessarily not need to know so um there's about four people that are really central to my life right now that know everything, um, know what I'm going through, know when I'm grieving, know when family situations come up. And I feel like through college, I've just been reminded of the core group of disciples that Jesus had. And if you don't know how this goes, Jesus had 12 disciples, but Peter, James, and John were his three inner disciples. They were always the ones that went away with him to pray. And he would share everything with them. And for me, that's been so healing to know that there are several, like there are a couple people in my life where they can just walk through the hard times in me or that I'm going through in my life um, with everything in them. You know, they are dedicated and they're there. And so, yeah, those have just been the really helpful ways for me to process grief. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where uh, we're going to go over some quotes and some passages of scripture, and then we're going to talk about some really practical things, such as books and songs that we've used to help us in times of grief. So I'm going to start off and read two quotes that really have helped me a lot. The first one is by... 
C.S. Lewis, and it's actually from his book, A Grief Observed, that I'm going to talk about in a couple of minutes, but he writes, no one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. And the second quote is by Anne Lamott, and it says, you will lose someone you can't live without, and your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is, you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up, and you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly, that still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance with the limp. Okay, and so for me, um, the Bible verse that I really love is um, Deuteronomy 1, verses 29 through 31. And this is the CSB version. Um, So it says, So I said to you, don't be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will fight for you, just as you saw for just as you saw him do for you in Egypt and you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all along the way you traveled until you reached this place um and so that's just comforting to me because it's just saying like no matter what God still fought like God is still fighting for you and he's carried you through whatever your version of wilderness would look like um, just as a, a man carries his son. Like, if you if you've you had little kids, you know that they're always attached at the parent's hip and <laughs> the parents are not going to do anything to let that child go. And it's the same, it's the same principle. Yeah. Um, and then the two songs. So guys, I like songs in case you did not know. I love songs and I love food, but we're not going to talk about food in this podcast. Um, <laughs> Maybe another podcast. Yes, we're definitely going to do another <laughs> podcast about food. Um, but the two songs that helped me a lot uh, during that time was Do It Again by Elevation Worship. Um, I remember them singing that at church and I got so overwhelmed and I just like that was the like that was the breaking point of saying everything was fine, everything was okay and I just kinda I just cried, literally cried out to God in the front row at a church service at eight thirty in the morning. Um but it was the piece that came to me while there of just sobbing, um, of singing Do It Again. And then one time I was driving home from from work, because uh, I had to tell anyone, so I was still going to going to work every day. Uh, I was driving home from work, and Raise the Hallelujah came on by Bethel Music. And literally, guys, I never cry while driving. I literally had to, like, pull over and just <laughs> cry for a little bit because the, the lyrics at that time just kind of it was the words that my soul needed to hear um so i don't know i definitely recommend deuteronomy i know it's in the old testament i don't know how you feel about the old Old testament but you you need to go for it (laughs) you should love it a lot of people prefer the new testament but man go to the old testament you will not regret it i mean it's all god's word so you shouldn't regret it either way but (laughs) it's still a big a very good book to read um and just uh I don't know, find, pay attention to the songs that you hear in grief um, or any time when you're going through something because some lyrics would just be, the, just be the thing that your soul needs to hear for that day. Yeah. So that's what I have. And where Jade loves songs, I love books. So, <laughs> that's um, I have two that I actually recommend and give to and talk about all the time to people who are struggling with grief and even suffering and the first book is a grief observed by c.s lewis i don't know if you know anything about this book but it was written 
right after C.S. Lewis lost his wife to cancer. And it is just a book of him like crying out to God. And it's about 90 pages, I think. For some weird reason, I read it on my 21st birthday and just like wept the whole time. (laughs) And it's just such an empowering book um, when it comes to grief and suffering. But the next one is my favorite book of all time called Hind's Feet on High Places by Hannah Hernard. And I will link both of these in the show notes that you can find on my blog. I just love these so much and they have really helped me. So I hope you'll go check them out. And then also I wanted to read the lyrics from my favorite song ever. Now that we're talking about songs as well. <laughs> and this is great is thy faithfulness. So oh, that's a good song. yeah, it's a good, a, song. a good song. <laughs> so I'm just going to read all the lyrics because they're just so good. And, um, if you're in a hard time of grief right now and you're trying to process it, just hear these words being read over you and, um, turn to God when this podcast ends. So the song says, great is thy faithfulness. O God, my father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not as thou has been. Thou forever wilt be great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies. I see all I have needed. Thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. For all inquiries, whether to discuss a podcast episode more fully, to request or suggest specific topics for me to cover, or anything else, you can email me at humblyspoken.pod at gmail.com. You can also find show notes from each episode, blog posts, and other resources on my blog at www.humblyspoken.wordpress.com. You can follow Humbly Spoken Podcast on Instagram at humblyspoken underscore pod, and you can follow my personal account at kinsholland. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Humbly Spoken Podcast. Say bye, Jade. Bye!